1: They usually only come through once or twice a day, and it's usually early or late. It's different on weekends, though. It's nearly dark by the time we get there, and I can tell Sam is tired. We sit down and wait, but I wonder if we've already missed it. But then, just as the sun is beginning to set, I can hear something. Sam does too, and he stands up. Don't get your hopes up, I say. It might just be freight. But when it starts coming round the bend, I know straight away it isn't freight. The engine is bigger on those ones, and they're slower. It's the southern aurora. It has all its lights on, and it looks pretty incredible. All bright shiny steel. It toots its horn as it gets near, and Sam covers his ears. There aren't as many people in the carriages as other times, but we wave all the same. None of them wave back. Must be too dark for them to see. One day it'll be us on that train, I say, on our way to Sydney. We'll wave to all the people in the towns along the way. Sam grips my hand tight. Or we'll go the other way to Melbourne, me and you, Mum and Mick too. Sam starts humming. It's dark and it's getting cold and I'm really
0: glad we came. Mark Brandy is the author of the best-selling novel, Wimmera, which won the coveted British Crime Writers Association debut Dagger and was named Best Debut at the 2018 Australian Indie Book Awards. Mark is also the author of two further novels, The Rip and The Others. Today, I'm joined by Mark Brandy to talk about his latest book, Southern Aurora. Mark, welcome to the Good Reading Podcast. Great to be with you, Greg. There's something about the recent past existing somewhere on the edge of being lost to our collective memories and yet still retaining some kind of foundational quality to our lives. In the case of Southern Aurora, it's the 1980s. What is your own feeling for the 1980s? Oh, geez,
1: I have a a great um, feeling of nostalgia for the 1980s. Um, My first book, Wimmera, was set in the 80s. And it's interesting, I never kind of deliberately think about the era so much when I sit down to write a book. but it just kind of felt right for Ben and Fab in Wimra. It felt right for for Jimmy and his family in Southern Aurora. And I think sometimes that you know um, my my memories of the 80s are more vivid and clear than what happened to me two weeks ago. Like, I can kind of remember that period with a great degree of clarity. And it was just a, I think, in Australia, um, for me growing up, I grew up in a rural town, and it was um, just a great time of freedom in a lot of ways. Um, I look back on it now and think, you know, it was pre-internet, pre-technology. It's that kind of bucolic cliche of you parents letting you out the front door in the morning they don't care where you go or what you do as long as you come back in one piece by night time and there's something special about that time the flip side of that is that there were always kind of perils around the corner as well that you you sort of had to be very self-reliant and and quite street smart too so it's a it's a great period to, for me to write about, and particularly, I think, in relation to to childhood
0: and adolescence. I also like the way you place all these very nice time anchors for the reader, Bob Hawke on the telly, uh, along with Sailor Century and Sons and Daughters, and that ad, oh, oh, razzmatazz.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty hilarious. I don't think it would have got past the advertising board now
0: <laughs> <kidding>. indeed not
1: <laughs> the uh, sexism in it but they are really for myself growing up kind of touchstones and you you almost existed through looking at the tv in the corner and seeing the outside world because as a kid there wasn't many other ways to see the outside world apart from television so uh for jimmy in this story that that becomes, um, I guess, an important way of even seeing something else as well beyond this town of Midagunda.
0: The story behind Southern Aurora is told through the eyes of Jimmy, a boy living in a fictional town somewhere in rural New South Wales. Jimmy expresses himself very directly and with a complete absence of irony. He's very likeable, a really refreshing character, and I found myself immediately caring about him.
1: Well, that's that's good to hear. I think, um, you know, it, it's in writing these young protagonists. I, I think there's a an interesting kind of tension there with an adult readership because you do feel a degree of protectiveness. At the same time, writing a, a younger protagonist who, you know, has a more limited vocabulary, um, isn't really world wise it's a bit of a challenge and a constraint to still craft a a compelling narrative. I think with Jimmy, you know, he, he started as a character for me. Um, it was back in, in 2015 when I actually started writing this novel. So eight years ago, it was just after I finished Wimmera and I, I wrote this short story, um, actually based on some, really, it was a fictionalised account of some real events from my youth. We had this dog um, named Tippy, who I've immortalised in this novel. A, a few of our um, deceased canines have made it into my books, and Tippy's another one. And um, he he shot got shot by a local farmer, and that was quite a traumatic experience for me as a kid. But there was something about... This character's voice and about Jimmy's voice that I I wanted to go back to. And I and I felt like there was more I needed to know about his his kind of situation. And that was really the starting point for the writing of the novel. Um in this case of of um Jimmy discovering his his dog who's who's died, and there's no spoiler there, it's it's early in the novel. Um, and, and really finding out more and more about him through the writing of the novel and then hopefully coming to some position of clarity by the end. And I suppose I hope that in doing so, for the reader, that they'll kind of go on that, that journey as well and, and discover something about Jimmy and his situation as Jimmy discovers things about himself. And I think for Jimmy, you know, he, his situation is is pretty tough He's got two siblings, a younger brother named Sam, who has a disability. He's a couple of years younger. An older brother, Mick, who's in jail, who's sort of um, been in trouble with the law for many years, is due to get out of jail when we meet Jimmy. And his mum, who has a bit of an issue with with alcohol um, and has this new boyfriend, uh, Charlie, who's who's a bit of a rogue and has a bit of a short fuse. And so Jimmy's got a lot of volatility around him, Um, a lot of things really that we'd look at as adults and say they're out of his control. But for Jimmy, he internalises a lot of what's going on around him and, and tries to control it and thinks it's within his control and basically does everything that he can do to try to fix things and I suppose that that's sort of the frame through which he sees sees the world. And you know, in in the course of the narrative, I think he he learns some some pretty difficult life lessons.
0: Yeah, it seems like the odds are stacked against Jimmy right from the beginning, but he always seems to have this kind of tempered optimism about him. Yeah, yeah. Look, that that was
1: that was really important for this character and and that was there from the outset he has a lot of a lot of hope and you know that there, there's there's things going on that i suppose give him reason for hope in some ways for example he's his brother getting out of jail has had this difficult relationship with his older brother because he's quite a few years older and a bit a bit volatile but he also looks up to him and he hopes that he's going to re-enter their lives and 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 fix a few things that are going on in the family. At the same time, he's got this um this billy cart race at his, his school that he's, he's really uh, desperate to win. And that ties into a kind of shifting friendship dynamic that he has happening. He's got his, his best mate, Danny, um, who's longtime best friend, really his only friend in a lot of ways. And there's this new kid on the block, Chadwick. Jimmy sees the Billycart race as a way to solve a few problems at once if he can if he can win it, which which is kind of a bit of um, magical thinking, I suppose, in a way, which which kids are prone to. And you know, there's there's other aspects to life in the town that that give him some insight into perhaps a life outside of the town and a life outside of his situation and and I think one of those is really embodied in in the train that comes through the town the the Techilla Southern Aurora which was a train that ran um from kind of the mid1960s to the mid 80s from Melbourne to Sydney and Jimmy sees this train going from Melbourne to Sydney and and vice versa and and thinks you know one day, we could be on that train and we could be going to those places and to something something else and something better. So he's he's definitely a, a kid who is inclined towards um, an optimistic view of uh, life and also of others around him.
0: There's a really nice section in the book where uh, Jimmy says, some kids give me a hard time because we hold hands. There he's talking about Sam. They call us homos. They don't do it when Mick is around. Most kids are pretty scared of Mick.
1: And I think that probably, you know, sums up the uh, the, the dynamic between the three of them um, pretty neatly. Um, Mick is this sort of volatile force in their lives. Um, Jimmy looks up to him in a way, but he's also a little bit fearful as well of, of what he's capable of, given what's happened in the past. And I think it was it was great to write about um, sibling relationships, and it's not something that I've 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 done before in any of my my books. In Wimra, there was a, a, a real focus on childhood friendships, and particularly between Ben and Fab mm-hmm. in that story. But I'd never really touched on on siblings, and and I think part of um, my my drive to write about that, even though it wasn't especially conscious of it at the time was that, you know, I I grew up in a situation with three older brothers and my, my parents were, were very busy. They were running a, a pub in a country town. And so they didn't have a lot of time by the time I came around as, as son number four. And so my relationships with my, my older brothers were really crucial and um, formative to the kind of person I I became, and and I think that that's that's really true of, of Jimmy too because he's, his his mum is facing the these kind of uh, personal demons and is a little bit consumed by them, and so he looks to his his brothers really for for solace and for guidance, and you know that that can be a a, a bit of a a risky path, particularly when you when your older brother is just getting out of jail. Um, but he he's really uh, looking for for supports in his life, um, just outside his friendship group, and they they really come in the
0: form of his family. He's very observant of the world around him. His mum has a relationship with the Kaiser, and by the Kaiser we mean Kaiser Stuhl. There's another 1980s reference, but he's very astute. He notices that there's a new box in the fridge, but the spout hasn't been opened yet, and that sometimes gives him hope.
1: Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the the the, the Kaiser, the the Kaiser Stuhl cask uh, becomes almost a, a character in its own right. I think for Jimmy, he sort of sees it as this um, nefarious um, presence, and any time it's around, he's he's worried that you know. Um, his mum might drink too much and that will cause um, problems in her relationship. And again, not really thinking and not able to think about the sort of complexities of um, his mother's situation and why that's going on, but sort of um, in a way, as kids can sometimes do, um, sort of um, demonising things in his life and thinking that is the source of all my problems. Uh, and he, he certainly worries about um, how much his mum's drinking and um, sort of tries to keep a, a, a close tab on that. And, you know, I, I remember the those casks of wine very clearly, like growing up in a pub and, you know, we had, we had people coming in from all walks of life and and a lot of them grappling with alcohol addiction as well. Um, and And in some ways that was really... When I look back on it now, a, a really great experience for me growing up because um, I did come to know all these these kinds of characters. Um, I, I didn't. I certainly didn't have a sheltered existence growing up. And one of the things that my my late father impressed upon me um, when I first went to work behind the bar in the pub was that everyone's got a story. You know, you should talk to every customer because and listen because everyone's got a story. Don't make judgments about them, and and that was really a, a valuable lesson because I quickly came to realise that you know some of the people that you might have made snap judgments about because of the the way they acted or how much they drank or their how they presented themselves actually had really complicated stories and, and sometimes heartbreaking stories too where just one or two things went wrong in their life. And and I think in some respects that's that's true of of Jimmy's mum as well. But he he I guess lacks the um the wisdom to see that and you know that that's something I think that
0: hopefully comes with age. Let's get back to Mitagunga. Uh, it's a fairly typical setting, a quiet, unassuming Australian town. Um, but either because of that or perhaps in spite of that, we get this slightly uneasy feeling about the place. There's a kind of undercurrent of violence there too.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, the 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 setting of Mittagunga, this town sort of in 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 Part informed by uh, my experience growing up in a rural town, also what I've come to know of um, rural towns in in the years since, and travelling around, but also knowing people from from all around Australia, and it's it, it's always been interesting to me. Like after Wimra was published, um, uh, which is set in a particular place, which is where I grew up. I've had many people from all over Australia say to me, oh, that's just like the town I grew up in. It's exactly the same. And I think there is sometimes a a universality of um, experience and um, certain qualities to these towns that exist everywhere, particularly where they're they're economically a bit depressed, which is the case for Mittagunda.
0: And, of course, there's another character. We touched on it before. It's almost a title character. It is a title character. Southern Aurora, a train that runs or ran between Sydney and Melbourne. Jimmy seems to be caught in the inescapable middle between Sydney and Melbourne. Uh, Is the Southern Aurora a symbol of hope or disappointment for Jimmy?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. I I think it's it's a bit of of both, really. I I think that it's through his eyes he he sees it as um, an, it's an object of hope for him of even if he can't articulate it in this way, or he doesn't conceive of it exactly like this. it's a symbol of of something outside the town, um, something outside of his situ- situation and a way out. He does pin a lot of his hopes on one day riding the Southern Aurora um, out of Midaganda. I think then, you know, again without any spoilers, he's he's sort of um, faced with some realities, um, both of his situation and of what the train, what becomes of the train as well, uh, later in the novel, it was a really important moment for him to go there to to the cutting with Sam and see that train and and wish for something better because I think that that kids, you know, and all of us as humans, even when we're beaten down a little bit by lived experience, that there's an inherent um optimism and hope that things will improve. And I think for for um for young people and for children that shines a little bit more brightly, even if their situation's tougher.
0: Well, Mark, it's a wonderful story. I really enjoyed reading it. And I want to thank you for joining me on the Good Reading Podcast.
1: A pleasure, Greg. Thanks so much.
0: I've been talking to Mark Brandy about his new book, Southern Aurora. It's published by Hachette, and you can find it at goodreadingmagazine.com.au. My name's Greg Dobbs, and thanks for listening. This Good Reading Podcast was brought to you by Book People Gift Cards. Share the joy of reading with a Book People Gift Card. To find out more, visit bookpeoplegiftcards.org.au